Father, I thank you um, for the privilege it is to to just declare the word of the Lord. And I pray that every word spoken would just be from your heart, Father, from your heart, Jesus. And I pray we would have open hearts to just receive whatever it is you have for us this morning, each one of us individually. I just pray you would speak to us today, Papa God. Amen. We always have this... um, this idea of what is God's plan for my life? You know, you talk to people, what's the will of the Lord for you? You know, who are you supposed to marry? What are you supposed to, what's your career supposed to be? You know, how many children are you supposed to have? And so I want to talk about that this morning. Um, I was supposed to have one. I'm kidding. I have five. They're beautiful, wonderful, and every one of them is a treasure from heaven. Um, But we have this picture and even this morning on the way to church this morning um I have I had an extra daughter this morning Addison Paige's daughter was with me last night so I've got Addison and Sarah they're both 14ish and then my Hannah who's 9 and the whole way to church they're talking about their wedding what it's going to look like and I'm like this starts so early <laughs> it starts so early but um they have this whole like like my 14-year-old daughter knows the colors she wants in her wedding, like the location. They have, like, the dress. They have it all picked out at 14 years old. It's the most incredible thing in the minds of young girls. But we have this thing called the plan of God for our life, and we have it all. We like, we're like, okay, God, what is your plan for my life? And I want to talk about that this morning. An aspect of, you know, we did a series on Reformation contamination, and then Zach's been doing a series on, um, on going and not just, not just growing, but going. And so with that, I kind of want to just say, what is, what is God's plan for my life? Is that okay? Um, the first person I think of is, I think of, um, I think of Paul, who was Saul, who was a murderer, a thief, and he was actually responsible in the first killing of the first martyr. He, mur- um, he murdered Stephen. And, um, and I think about him, and he's on the road to Damascus and gets knocked off his horse. This is what Paul says about himself. He says that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among who I am foremost of all. Yet for this reason I found mercy, so that in me as the foremost. He's saying, I am the chief of sinners. I am the biggest sinner, but Jesus forgave me and has a plan for my life. Whatever God's purpose is for our future, it's not based on the brokenness of our past. Our future is not based on what our past looked like. In, um, in Acts chapter 16, this is, a, this is an interesting story. So um, I'll just read verse 9 and 10, and then I'm going to highlight it. So if you want to follow along, you don't have to. Um, but a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Ma- uh, Macedonia was standing and ap- appealing to him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Key word in this verse is going to be man. Then in verse 10, he says, when he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to him. So they had a dream about a man. So they went to go visit the man that they had a dream about. This is what happened when they go, went to go visit this man. They met a woman named Lydia. She invited them into the, her home and she was a worshiper. Then they met a slave girl 
with the spirit of divination, which irritated Paul really bad because he had a mission. So he was like, fine, I'll get her free from her demons because I'm focused on something else. Then they, Paul and Silas were put in prison. So, um, in prison, they began to, um, get, they got beat and thrown into the inner prison. So they weren't just in prison, but they got beaten and put into the inner prison. Um, then they began to worship the Lord and the worship caused an earthquake. The chains were broken. The doors were open and the jailer was saved. Then they were released and had to leave the city. They had to flee the city. So the dream he had, he never met a man that he was supposed to, that he was supposed to meet, but he had a dream about a man. And I want to talk about that. Sometimes we have this idea of what life is supposed to look like. And when it doesn't look like that, we get all upset and we wonder where's God in the midst of this. Um, no matter what our life looks like, our creator has a purpose for us. Um, Ephesians 2.10 says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we can walk in them. He created us for good things. Can you say amen? You were created for good things. You are his workmanship. Our author has an intent to our life. He has intention for us. He has purpose for us. Um, the determination is to be his expression. We are called to be his poem. That word workmanship is poema. We are called to be his poem. He has an intention with us. And our determination is merely to be his expression. Our life is merely to look like him. Um, he knows what it's going to look like in the end. Amen. I think he knows what it's going to look like. I think he knows our purpose. It's the journey that sometimes is unfolding and unknown. But whatever the purpose, whatever the journey is, it's not a tightrope. Sometimes I think we feel like the purpose of God, you know, we're, we've been taught narrow is the way. Yes, narrow is the way because there's one way. It's Jesus. Once you get in the way, once you get into Jesus, it's open. <laughs> narrows the gate. But once you walk through it, it's like a, this, it's the, everything you could want. It's all at your fingertips. Sometimes we live our life like it's this tightrope. You know, um, when we, um, first got together, my husband and I, um, I was 17. I fell in love. I was 16 when I fell in love with my husband. Um, I knew it. I knew it from the moment I met him when I was 11, that I was going to marry him, but I didn't fall in love with him until I was 16. That's knowing in a girl's heart, you know, they, when a girl says she's going to do something, she's de she does it. She makes it happen. So we got married, but then we, I got pregnant the summer after I graduated and we didn't get married till the fall. And had I thought at the moment, I thought that my life was like that tightrope. And I just fell off the tightrope. And now, what, God, what are you going to do with me? Because I totally jacked it up. And, and, and then I felt like, okay, I've got to go all the way back, 
all the way back to the beginning. <laughs> and God, you're going to somehow try to make this thing beautiful and get right back on this tightrope of God's plan for my life. It's not a tightrope. It's not like that. He's not, he doesn't give you this like, if you don't do all of these things perfectly, you're going to totally mess it all up. And then I, I heard things in church like, well, there's God's perfect will. And then there's God's permissive will. I think there's just God's love for you. Can we just like erase all that? I have this, um, there's this, I think it's like a drawing app and you can take this little, um, eraser button and it can be like a tiny little eraser and erase a little bit, or it can be like a big dot and erase a lot. And you just take your finger and you just and erase the whole thing. Can you just erase that whole thing from your mind? There is no perfect versus permissive will of God. There is this, he loves you. That's it. So don't feel like you're on this tightrope. And then sometimes I think we feel like, um, does anybody sew or crochet or, crochet or anything? So I got um, <laughs> three people, and one of them is lying. I um I when I was pregnant with my fourth child Josiah I got put on bed rest for about 12 weeks of the pregnancy which is super hard when you have three little ones in the house and your husband works full time and and so my mom came and stayed with us for a few weeks but a friend of mine showed me how to crochet I th- and it was my first time so I crocheted my first blanket for my son Josiah when I was pregnant with him um because I was on bed rest and had nothing better to do that's what happens. Today, I would not have any time to do that, but that's okay. So I started to crochet this beautiful blue baby blanket. I think I had to rebuy the yarn like seven times because it kept getting knotted. And once you get like this, um, once you get like a knotted yarn ball, it just, there's nothing you can do with it. You really, there's nothing you can do with it. And I think sometimes we think our life is like that. We have all these knots and all of these, um, these bumps in our road, these kinks, and it looks like this big mess. And we're wondering, God, what are you going to do with this mess? You know, we, we fall down, we mess up. We, 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 um, we go the wrong way. We don't always make the right decisions. And sometimes it looks like this jungled, tangled mess of what is God, can he do anything with it? There's a scripture and it says um, that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Now, just because God can make it beautiful doesn't mean he initiates it. Let me just say that, a little side note. But he can make all things beautiful. He can take that knotted mess of our life, that you know, I literally like seven times I said, I literally had to throw that ball of yarn away and buy a whole new one because I couldn't make that straight. I couldn't get those knots out of that yarn. But let me tell you, God can make all things beautiful. 
He can unravel and he can unknot any mess we decide to get ourselves in. I think about today, had, had I not had my daughter Sarah, she is such a blessing. She is like the most beautiful expression of the love of God. She really is. I was looking at her um, this morning, and she's getting ready in my bathroom, and and I'm just like, she's so beautiful. She's 14 years old, and she looks like a almost like a little grown woman, but she's just got this heart of gold. And I look back and I think of the moment where I was like, I felt so devastated, broken, and empty in that moment. You know, it was like almost 15 years ago that happened. And I was just like literally devastated. God can't use me. This is not his plan for my life. This is not what he wants for me. But in the end, he makes broken things beautiful. Now, it was totally my decision. And I did this to myself. And I think we need to understand that too. We get ourselves into situations. We get ourselves into these broken places. But God can make them beautiful. He makes them beautiful. The last thing I just want to say is um, we live our life sometimes like it's a a tightrope or sometimes like it's this chaotic ball of yarn that nobody can do anything with. And I think our life is more like a tapestry. So have you ever seen what they do to make a tapestry? They have all of these different lines going um, that that are going to hold all the different colors of string. And they start down here. And it kind of just blossoms into this beautiful, like, just line by line and and string by string and different materials and it just becomes something beautiful. And that's what I think our life is. It's our decisions weaved in with with God just working on our behalf and making something beautiful called our life. Called this journey, called this moment. Um there's uh In the prodigal son, I think about the story of the prodigal son, and there's so many messages you hear on, because it's just a beautiful representation of the heart of God. I think that we can hear the story of the prodigal son over and over and over and over again, because sometimes we're the father, sometimes we're the son that wastes our inheritance, and sometimes we're the jealous son that stays with the father and is mad because somebody else is getting something we don't, right? So I think sometimes we can... As, as Christians, we can be one of those three people at all times. But I'm think, when I was um, processing this message, I was thinking, what is, that, what is that key? What is that biggest revelation? What is that thing? You know what it was? No matter what that son did, he was still a son. Even when he said, my, I'll go back and be a servant to my father. His dad's like, no, dude. You're my son. Like what you do never changed who you are. Never changed who you are because you're still a son. It's, it's something that's so simple, but it can bring us into so much freedom. No matter what, you're still a son. Yeah, dude, you jacked up. 
You waste all, he still wasted his inheritance. But he's his son. And his dad was going to rejoice and bless him and celebrate him. You're a son. And then God weaves it into his tapestry. And sometimes, if you've ever seen a big rug, sometimes there's like a little loop somewhere. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember that loop. Sometimes there's a color that's like off. You're like, oh, I totally remember that color. I totally remember doing that. But it becomes, when you look at the whole thing, something so beautiful. I think we can simply say the plan of God for our lives is this. Just one simple thing. Like everybody's plan is simple. Whatever you're called to do, it's simply a part of this plan of God. You want to know what the simple plan of God is? Jeremiah 29, 11. The plan of God is to prosper you and not harm you. To give you a hope and a future. That's it. It's so simple. That's the plan of God for your life. He wants you to prosper and not be in harm. So when you hear stupid songs that say his blessings are in raindrops and his healing is in tears, that's stupid. Because it's not. It's not harm. God's plan is not harm. It's prosperity. It's hope and a future. When somebody has cancer, do they have hope and future? No. They have healing from Jesus. Amen? It's simple. When somebody is poor or um, in, in sick or broken, do they have a hope and a future? No. They need Jesus, so they have a hope and a future. Sometimes it's so dumb. Like, just read your Bible. It's not a tightrope. It's not this, I'm going to fall off, I'm going to mess up, and then I have to start back over at the beginning. It's not, that's not God's plan for you. It's not this chaotic mess of, of brokenness and, and knots that aren't going to be straightened out. It's a beautiful tapestry that in the end is his creation and his purpose. Blessing, wholeness, hope, future. That's the plan of God for you. It's so simple. You want to come? I know it's a joke that I don't preach long, but I really don't. I just, I don't, sorry. You guys want long sermons? I don't know. Come back another time. Well, you know, you don't preach long sermons, but you're longer than me. It's, it's really simple. It's really beautiful. And we get so in, even when I hear people talk about things that happen in their life and hardships they go through, well, it's God's plan for me. No, he just makes broken things beautiful. He's not controlling every decision you make. He's not controlling every yes and every no. It's a process. He's the artist. Where's paintbrush? 
We're a part of this. You have ownership in what your life looks like. I've said this before. The life you're living right now is a life you're choosing to live. If you don't like it, change it. If you love it, then you... See, there's days I wake up and I'm like, good Lord, can I go back to sleep? I have ownership of every day, of every moment, because I can control my attitude. I control my decisions. But it's a partnership of what God has for me. He takes all those twisted, broken things and he straightens them out. And then he tells me, Rochelle, it's not a tightrope. Just be prepared for the beauty of the tapestry that I have for you. Let him make broken things beautiful. Let him take our lives and make them beautiful. Can we pray for a minute? towards us that's full of love full of grace full of mercy that you take the broken pieces and you say it's going to be okay I'm going to make them beautiful I'm going to make them perfect I'm going to weave it into the tapestry of your life. And there's nothing and there's no one that could ever take that paintbrush away from my hand. He wants you to have hope. He wants you to have future. That's the will of God for our lives. That's the purpose of God for our lives. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Can I have our prayer team come up here? you're dismissed, I just encourage you, if you need somebody to just stand with you, to just pray with you, to be that person to say, God, he is with you. He's working on your behalf. They're here for you. And I'm going to dismiss everybody else that wants to be dismissed. just declare the peace of God, the hope of God, the love of the Father over every life. And as you leave today, I pray you would know that nothing you can do would stop his love for you and that he is working on your behalf.
and his plan for you is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Amen. Well, I love you. You're dismissed. And um, if you need somebody to pray with you, they're going to be up here. Have an awesome Sunday.